Welcome everyone to the sixth installment of the Afternoons with Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the Marcus Graham Project. Our mission at Afternoons Agency is to curate authentic stories that reflect intersectionality. The purpose of this podcast is to create a conversation around topics relevant to our industry and our culture. Today, we're going to talk about us, our journeys, our goals, our misrepresentation, and our education, or should I say miseducation. Now, we're constantly seeing and hearing about ourselves in various mediums and channels. However, are these facts and stories that are being thrown at us accurate? or are they relevant? We live in a world that thrives in racism, sexism, and other forms of hatred. So imagine being a black girl in this world. Yeah, I know, it's stressful. We're often put in boxes and portrayed in ways that do not accurately describe us. As time goes on, we tend to believe these lies in our textbooks and on the media. Some of us end up, you know, disconnecting from the world because of the lack of representation in mainstream media. We, we, the ladies of Afternoon Agency, would like to, you know, talk about our experiences. We have, you know, a lot of gems. We have a lot of things we'd like to talk about. So we'll be reflecting on our childhood and how the lack of, you know, representation in the media and instructional materials has impacted our self-esteem and, you know, our journey. So we'd like to start off by introducing ourselves. We have... Hello, hello. I am so excited to be here. I am Makisha Noel. I am our team's copywriter. My hometown is Miami, Florida. Stand up. Feel five. You already know. And famous part is, why don't y'all go ahead and follow me on my Instagram now instead of waiting for the end of the podcast. Mm. So it's S-M-A-K-I-S-H-A-N-O-E-L. Makisha Noel. Also add me on LinkedIn because I just love connecting with folks. So... That's me. Shameless plug. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Nice to be here. My name is Asa Pojman Ezonyulo, and I am the agency's brand manager. I'm living in Columbia, Missouri, and my shameless plug is probably going to be my Instagram as well. I don't have a business or anything. So go ahead and follow me at asa.poj and add me on LinkedIn as well. Hello, my name is John A. I am an art director from Kansas City, Missouri. You can follow me on Instagram at heyjohnne, H-E-Y-J-O-N-N-E. My name is Amrachi Anuzia. I'm the social media strategist at Afternoon Agency. And, oh, I got hella plugs. Um, <laughs> you can just search <laughs> me on YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram at Amara Lanija. You can also add me on Twitter at Amrachi and Co. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I'm Jackie. I am the team's project manager. I am a global nomad. So like, where's home? Home is the world, you know, the globe. But I'm currently based in Kent, Ohio. And, um, you know, while you're listening, I'd like you to, you know, just go onto Instagram and just search at Jackie of Hearts underscore. Um, that's my Instagram handle. Um, and follow me on LinkedIn too. You won't regret it. Um, but yeah, Thank you guys so much for, you know, coming here, you know, for taking the time out of your night to talk to us. Um, but I'd like to start off by asking you a quick question. Where are you headed in life? You're, you know, you're here with afternoon for the summer. Um, but what's going to, what's, what's after afternoon? You know, where do you see yourself in five years? 
Very big question. Oh, go ahead, Amarati. Yes. I'm dead. Um, God forbid. <laughs> oh, I'm alive. <laughs> but where I see myself in five years, honestly, like after this internship or this cohort thing, I really just want to give myself like a few months to kind of test my abilities to figure something out on my own, like working for myself and using social media and YouTube as a platform before I go into the real workforce and I'm like, okay, like I have a stable job. I, I don't want to, you know, branch out. So I want to give myself like one to two months to see if I can make something shake for myself before I go into the job field. But I'm still, you know, interviewing and um, applying right now. And, but in five years, in five years, honey, I want to be <laughs> an owner of at least two entities. I want to own mm. two entities specifically in real estate. Um, I've always had a passion for real estate. My first uh, internship was in real estate property management. So I need to do something with that. And I definitely want to do something with that. Um, yeah. A businesswoman, period. Period. Yes. Mm. Where do I see myself after this program? Honestly, diving straight in into a role into the marketing and advertising industry. Um, I graduated undergrad four years ago. So I've been, I've been out here in these full-time <laughs> professionally for a little bit. Um, so I'd just be excited to work with a company that's like very progressive, making moves for the culture and just really responding to human behavior and how we're just changing. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And also staying really connected to the people that are part of this program, including my team members, because I'm hoping we can continue client work after this. Yes. Um, and to the people that I've uh, connected with like my mentors and even in the agency stores that, we, that we're doing. Five years from now, I'm going to be grown as hell. Um, and I see myself either probably killing it in like the entrepreneurial space, maybe corporate and not so sure but i know i'm very inclined to entrepreneurship and you know my brothers and i are actually building an agency and so we have like a, a plan for like you know how long that's going to take and so i definitely see us just really thriving with that five years from now but you know we'll see we'll see, we'll see. i can go this is a difficult question for me because i've been thinking about it a lot and I'm not a huge life planner. I love the fluidity of my life. You never know where you're going to end up or what's for you. Um, like five years ago, I never imagined that I would be here or none of us could have predicted that anything that happened so far in 2020 would have happened. Mm -hmm. So I do like the fluidity. Um, but I'm learning what I love. And I know in five years, I can see myself fully content with everything that I deserve, um, preferably being an entrepreneur, um, freelancing, doing something of the sort, or living in a different country and doing global marketing. That's where I see myself. But I see myself being very happy. That's the number one thing. Yes. Amen. So um, after MGP, um, I hope to continue doing freelance on the side, continue art directing, um, hopefully for our agency, hopefully we can get some clients up in here, some money flowing. Um, so I hope that we can do that. And I also want to find some sort of balance where I can be like a figure in the corporate world, but also work freelance and have the freedom to work on 
um, multiple different projects, whether it be um, like writing scripts or um, art directing or working in the advertising industry, working with music artists, just some sort of balance that where I can do everything that um, I want to do and own some businesses. I have a lot of, a lot of things I want to do. So, yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I'm kind of like Asa for real. Like I like to think that, you know, I have things planned out and I do have like a hundred plans, but it's like, it's not about where I see myself. It's more like, it's more so what do I see myself doing? You know what I mean? And I definitely see myself making that impact. I definitely see myself, you know, being the person that I needed when I was younger, when I was at my lowest point, you know, um, just being that figure for other people is where, like, you know, what I want to see myself doing or where I see myself. So it's like, I'm just excited to see how I get there and what that looks like. So I kind of have a skeleton, but I'm just, you know, waiting to put some meat on it to make it look sexy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, make it look sexy. Hashtag make it look sexy. But yeah, so yeah, I it's something that also said that spoke to me because mm. like I I tend to think of myself as extremely ambitious, going for what I want, and like I think a lot about like you know just, get, just getting things, and that includes career as well. And I did come to a point where I was like, man, I'm really more than work, and I have to start seeing myself like that, mm-hmm. and I can't get bogged down if I don't get that role that I want if I don't, you know, have get an opportunity. So instead of kind of seeing myself long-term from now as just in a position, I really like what Asha said about being happy. Five years from now, I want to be happy. I want to be, you know, wealthy. I want to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 wanna, I want to make people feel great. <laughs> like on Jada Peterson, I just want to feel good. <laughs> and so like, and so like you kind of being drawn to, you know, a, a state of being, okay, you know, a state of being, not to put that out there, um, <laughs> you know, that will drive the work that you end up doing. So it's not about, I want to be in this position as a manager or as a senior vice president. Nah, I want to be happy. And, and that's going to help shape the decisions that I make in, in me being on that journey. So I love that you said that. And I'm like, I need to keep that in mind as opposed to thinking so, to say, oh, in this position, this, you know, Always keep it front of mind, too. Don't forget that when you're trying to maybe conform to the jobs that you think you want or the life that you think you want to have in the future, but you have to think about yourself first and what kind of person yeah. you need to be in those roles and at that position. Yay. Um, similar to you, to Makisha and Asa, um, for me, I try not to tie myself down to any type of like time limit or um, any specific company or goal that I have. I mean, I have those things in mind, but I don't, what if I always believe that like what I see myself doing, there's something greater that God has for me. And so what I may not be everything that is meant for me. And so I try to like, yeah, I want to do our direction. One of my biggest dreams is to work on Beyonce's team in Art Direct, uh, but there may be something bigger out there for me. So yeah, my head. And also know that um, not to tie myself down to five years, ten years. Mm-hmm. Long. And I'm one of those type of people. Like I make goals, or say that like 
to myself that I want to do something. But even in my head, I know like if this doesn't happen this year, if I have to wait however long, I know that it's going to happen for me and I'll receive it in the way that it's supposed to. So. Hey. so you guys like this is this is powerful this moment is really powerful so when we think about this all i can think about are superheroes like you know like you know i think of this i'm like okay so we're all on different missions you know what i mean like in five years we see ourselves doing this that's a mission to me so i just want to ask you what's your superpower what empowers you why are you doing what you're doing how are you doing what you're doing what's your superpower I can go first. My superpower is, um, I think, who I am is my superpower. That's my like main superpower. I'm av- able to like kind of um, express myself and open up myself for people to be invited into me. I don't know how to explain it. Basically, building relationships and just like being myself is my superpower. And I think sometimes people tend to um, it's honestly, there's two things. People either tend to love it and love me how I am, or <laughs> they just don't like it. But I find that more people like it when um, you're super like out there, outgoing, outspoken, and they're comfortable around you because they feel like, okay, cool, this person is themselves. Like, yes. And I think that's what I'm trying to create as my own personal brand. I'm trying to be paid to be myself. You know, yes. all these artists are paid to be themselves. All these People that, cl- or, or the um, society claims they have no talent, people like Kim Kardashian, people like Denzel Dion, people like Ricky, like they're paid to be themselves. Like they don't have a specific talent, but they're of many things. They're an entity of many things. Uh, so I think that's my superpower and I want to be able to monetize that. When it comes to like, I also like when I think about it, like I'm like, okay, so what's my superpower? And I ask this question, but I really think that mine is empathy and love, you know, being able to love people in ways that, you know, you looked for, you know, you, you became like basically becoming the love that you search for. Like, that's like what I live by. So it's like, yeah. I, and this like one thing that really helped me with like finding the superpower is the fact that, you know, God loves me and he loves me, you know, unconditionally. We all know that God loves us. So it's like knowing that God loves me you know, and seeing how he loved me, you know, I've done things that have, you know, I've done unforgivable things, but I know that I've been forgiven, so it's like, that's how I, you know, show love to other people, so it's like, kind of like a cycle, God loves me, I love other people, you know. I mean, when I think about my superpower, my mind goes first to, like, a skill, and so I'm still working on, like, that human part of it and not necessarily like oh my superpower is that I can write and do this too like the more so things like empathy but I think that empathy is very powerful in that in the marketing space but even just like relationships that you have with people um that's that's very powerful and I think that's something that everybody should strive to develop um because it shows up in our lives in so many ways, in our workplace, yeah, our relationships, the things that we create as a creator. Yeah, I'm my superpower is probably yeah. So when I think about what my, what my superpower is, um, you know, 
No, what is that? <laughs> I think my superpower, I think it's bringing people together and connecting people. Um, I kind of look at the, the stuff that I do outside of work and all of it involves community. Like there's not one aspect of what I do that's super, super different from each other. So for example, um, I started something called Creative Culture Tribe in December 2018, where I found a need in my community in Miami. I didn't see that there were like potent spaces with Black women who were creative in Miami. And I was like, yo, I need this if I'm actually going to grow my craft. This is before I got into the industry. Um, and so I felt so disconnected that I ended up leaving Miami to move to Washington, D.C. And I was there for three years. And I just was back because of coronavirus um, about a month ago. But even while I was gone, I had a summit that was last year to bring together women on a very official basis and to connect with one another and to show that people aren't here that really care about them. Um, and so what, dr what drives that is not just creativity, but actually community. Um, and same for the living room project. I started that five years ago when I was an undergrad, bringing um, students together to have important conversations about social issues. So all of it was about not just discussing things, just, just for the sake of discussing them, um, but being able to get people to connect with one another. Because at the end of the day, as humans, we are relational beings. We can have as much money in the world as possible. You know, we can have as many businesses, whatever positions that, that we want, you know. And there's also something that's, that, I forgot what research it was about, when you reach a certain salary mark, getting any more money past that is not going to make you more content. So what I understand with that is that there are other things that are just more valuable and what I've seen it to be has been community. And I, I still, um, I don't say anointed, like we in church, but, you know, I feel purpose. Mm. I feel purpose to bring people together um, at the basis of, of of what I do. So that's my superpower. Superpower. That was good. That sounded good. Right. I'm sense. inspired. Okay. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> we've been doing too much. I just need the audience to know we've been doing too much in this in this program. <laughs> I think I'm the only one who hasn't gone yet. And I was thinking about it for a while. Johnne did say that she thinks of her superpowers as skills, but I think similar to what Amarachi said, my superpower is who I am and specifically the way that I view the world. I just feel like I view it so differently because I come from a super eclectic background and that's just how I was raised. But it drives my empathy. It drives my ability to like, pinpoint raw connection between myself and other people and my passions. It drives my art and really everything that I do. And that's a superpower that I think everybody has. They just have to recognize and really hone in on. I saw it. Gotta tap into it. You made a good point about how how people see you, like about how like, you know, your superpower is like how you see the world. But let's reverse this, how the world sees us. Okay, let's talk about that. So when it comes to this, we are all on different missions, like I said. So like for me personally, I feel like the world does not really see me or that the world does not really tell the stories that I can relate to. You know what I mean? Even if it's there, it's not true. You know, it's not accurate. So I think that that kind of like hinders me sometimes when I'm trying to like, you know, 
head towards that goal, you know, get to where I need to be in five years. So it's like, how do you guys feel about how the world sees you? And how do you think it's affecting your mission in life? Like, spill the tea, sisters, spill the tea. That's all I'm asking, but yeah. I feel that. So for me, I tend to forget almost, it's almost like, okay, so we know that we're black, right? But the world sees us as this, you know, thing. They've already created their own definition. So Mio, I'm minding my business. I'm living my life. Then all of a sudden, all these things start to fall on me because of who I am. And I think that's really difficult, especially when you're living your life um, purely and innocently. You tend to forget that the world is actually an evil place. And people have already created their own definition about you and what you are able to do. And... Um, like for example like the space i'm trying to go in in social media and like being a quote-unquote influencer or whatever i'm trying to do like with youtube instagram whatever um there's like a pay gap there's like a gap between white girls and black girls who are in this same space so like when i think of those things i'm like damn like it's kind of discouraging but then again um i'm like F it. The people who are at the top that look just like me, they don't have two heads. Like, same thing. Like, for example, if you're a doctor, a black doctor and a white doctor, the same white doctor that became a doctor doesn't have two heads. Even though there's a lot of obstacles that we are going to face, and our parents always told us, you're going to have to work twice as hard to get to where you're trying to be compared to, you know, the white person. And I understand that, but you just got to put your head down and do it because you want to do it and don't let anything that society has defined for you stop. Marathi said, do they have two heads? Hmm. That's a question. Let that sink in, audience. Let that sink in. But yeah, what about, you know, Jonay, Makisha, Asa? Like, you know, how has how this world sees you, like, affected you in your journey? Has it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, For sure. Like, I'm obviously, well, you you can't hear my darkness, but you can see it. Uh, I'm a dark-skinned woman, and, you know, those are the point in time that I also had locks, and I felt, I felt I was viewed a certain kind of way, um, and unfortunately, you act how, we find, we can find ourselves acting the way that we're, that we believe we're perceived, um, and so that meant that I kind of shrunk myself more, or, you know, I didn't, I didn't plug myself as much, or didn't shine my light, because I felt like I will be doing too much. And that's one thing that, I mean, people still do say that about me, and it's more so a compliment. Um, but sometimes it's like, a, well, why are you doing that much? Why are you all trying to build this? Why are you all trying to travel here and there? And, you know, I, I felt many times that I had to minimize myself because of that. And just, and just I had to understand that people approach the world differently. And it is what it is, you know? Um, so, oh my gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm thinking of exactly what to say because there's so many, like, I just had a recent reflection about how I viewed myself, like, when I was 16, 17, um, graduating high school, going into college, and how different I am now. 
And I can relate to shrinking myself in like every aspect of my life, similarly to Makisha. Um, I can really relate to what Makisha said about shrinking yourself. And I feel like for a period of time, I did that in almost every aspect of my life. When I was younger, I was just so expressive. I've always been like a very expressive person. I've always been an artist. But I think that going to like a predominantly white school and living in a predominantly white area, I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel like there were many people like me. And that caused mm -hmm. me to shrink myself, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I'm breaking out of that now. Um, Cause really like, I don't, I don't care too much anymore. What anybody has Period. to say about me. Um, I don't care how people view me. I don't care how the media chooses to portray me because I know who I am and I'm confident in that. I love that. Can I ask a question? How did you graduate so early? Yeah. From high, from high school. Beauty and brains. Listen, hashtag beauty and brains. Okay, I have to talk about that, but I'm going to just say I was done with high school. I just chose that I was done and I graduated, period. Mm. Oh. Boss moves. Oh, but I saw you made you made a good point about shrinking. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you you end up like shrinking to like you know believe what you know the media says about you, and you said that you're like still breaking out of it. And I could I felt that I felt that in my soul. I was like preach, but yeah, I felt that. That's all I wanted to say. Um, we're slowly doing that, and even MGP is helping with that. You know what I mean? Like talking to clients, getting the chance to like you know get a feel for what the industry you know looks like. Yeah. It's an unlearning process and it takes years to get used to. You don't realize how much you were shrinking yourself until you come mm -hmm. out of that shell and you start to grow even more. And you're like, damn, I was really just trying to conform to other people's standards or what they thought I should be. Ooh. And it's so easy to do that as women too, because it's either the lady uh, afternoon. Um, it, it, it's so easy to do. But I think it's something that we have to be conscious about and make a, a, a conscious effort to fight against it, you know? Wow. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone is, is born brave. Like, the more you do brave things, the braver you become. And as uncomfortable as it is, it's so necessary. I disagree. I think that we are born brave. We're always born courageous. Really? Yeah, think about it. When you're a kid, you do whatever the hell you want. You don't think that's true. about it. And that's something that you should be able to keep that's up your true. whole life. But you're conditioned to think that you're supposed to act a certain way, to acclimate to certain environments, act differently around certain people. And that's where you start shrinking yourself. That's, that's the true. Yeah. And the things that we do see on TV or in the media contribute to that. Because I look at my, mm. like, my nephew's and being around them, like, they're not afraid of anything. They think they do everything well. <laughs> they do. That's funny. So I think about, like, how we are as kids or how they are and, like, the things that we all go through that make us, like, ooh, that just take, like, every single thing, it takes, like, a little small piece of that bravery or that courage mm. or, like, everything. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to watch. One thing that I do want to talk about is that that kind of social conditioning happens for Black women sooner mm. than any other person, I feel like. We start, like, we have to start acting like adults by the time we're, like, 12 or 14, where mm. um, white girls get to act like 
teenagers up until they're 30, basically. <laughs> that social conditioning, I feel like, only exists for us. And that's, like, very frustrating. She said 30. <laughs> yeah, acting like you're 18 <laughs> it's true but when I think about it too like I'm just grateful for you know sources of inspiration that we see on our TV you know what I mean like it's a ray like you've an orgy like you're doing the damn thing you're doing the things that we'd like to do so I actually want to ask you guys like who or what are your sources of inspiration? What keeps you going even when the world tries to bring you down? Let's talk about that. Well, my inspiration is that bag because we got to get to this bag no matter what. Ah! <laughs> okay. You know, um, who do I look, do, do you mean who do we look to specifically? Yeah, specifically, sure, like, who, like, what's your source of inspiration? Like, when you look at the media, like, yeah. who's doing it? Like, Black women and Black girls that are doing the damn thing yeah. in the industry, in the media, on the billboards, everywhere. Like, yeah. who inspires you? Or what inspires you? Like, the bank? Let, let's talk about it. Okay, so my one of my biggest inspirations is this lady named Patricia Bright. I've been following her. Yes! Yeah, I've been I following her since I was in seventh grade. Just do the math. Oh. Do the math. I've been following her in minutes. <laughs> Bro, I used to watch her. She used to be in her college dorm. She had no edges. She had no hair. Like, her hair was, like, no eyebrows. She had nothing. And I've seen her pro pro progress over a decade. Literally, I've been watching her mm -hmm. for over a decade. So it's just crazy to see that growth. And I'm like, dang. Like, I've been following her since. And I still have not gotten to where she is. So, Marcia, you need to release. What, what are you doing? You can't keep on watching this person. But... I draw a lot of inspiration from her. She's a first-generation British Nigerian. Just like me, I'm a first-generation American Nigerian. And she has really made a name for herself. And, like, she's a boss woman. Like, she has over a million, million pounds in assets. So seeing people like that just makes me understand that, yes, whatever I want in this life, I can achieve. I just have to be consistent. And I really have to get to it. Definitely. Yeah. I would say someone who should inspire like everybody in this world. And I talk about her all the time, but it's Rihanna. Mm -hmm. Nobody don't get quiet <laughs> Everybody Rihanna. Yes. She should inspire everybody. A humanitarian, mm. an entrepreneur. She has multiple mm. businesses. She's like the queen of creating her own lane and not caring what anybody has to say about it. Like she has never looked to anybody for advice about any business venture or anything that she wants to do. She just goes out, she does it, and she makes a killing every time. And she makes a bag every time. This is true. And that's just like where staying true to yourself is gonna take you. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Rihanna's mm. also like very authentic mm -hmm. in what she does. Like she just doesn't give a fuck. Period. And I feel like that's why she is so successful because everything that she puts out is an extension of her true self. Mm. Rihanna, if you're listening, we love you. We love you so much. <laughs> Rihanna, if you're listening, I need a job, please. Rihanna, I want to work for Fenty. <laughs> please give me a job. We're going to tag you in the description. Right. <laughs> I need that. I think mine is... Um... Oh, what's your inspiration? Inspiration? I mean, inspiration. I find inspiration in many places, but 
I mean, it's definitely people who I've seen who achieve what I want to achieve. Like, definitely Karen Civil, because she's really built her own brand in a very great way. There's Issa Rae as well. Ma'am's getting paid for being herself. Like, when I watch Insecure, I'm literally like, even though the characters are obviously very different from the real Issa Rae, but I'm still just like, you are legit yourself. Like, you don't look uncomfortable in this at all. You are killing mm-hmm. this, and it feels so natural. And I just love seeing Issa Rae do her thing. I'm also really inspired by my family um, because I am, I'm a first-generation Haitian-American. Um, and so my parents, they met in Miami, but both of them were born and raised in Haiti. And so kind of seeing them come here and, you know, build, have this house, you know, be able to sustain themselves for 20, 20 plus years in America is just a huge thing. And that's something I do not take for granted at all. Every single thing I do is because of my family and because of my brothers, my parents. So I'm continually inspired by them. So, so much, so much. I am also really inspired by Issa Rae. Um, I started like following Issa Rae when she put out The Misadventures of the Awkward Black Girl. I had her her when she came to uh, Columbia one time. I was just like all about it. And then one day somebody asked me like, why do you like her so much? Because I used to talk about her all the time. Used to always be like Issa Rae this And I was like, why do you like her so much? And in the front of my mind, I'm just like, why wouldn't I like this Black woman that's doing all these amazing things who started on mm-hmm. YouTube? And then I took a class and I was like, you know, I, I finally realized it was because she showed like a different, a different kind of Black girl. Mm-hmm. Like everything that I had seen before, it just, I couldn't quite like relate to it. And then she put out Awkward Black Girl and I was like, you know what? that's me like I can see myself in this in this in this television show series and that's when I was like and then she started like branching out and now she has her own music label coffee shop and I'm like that's what I'm talking about that's exactly what I'm talking about because you go from like being on YouTube and struggling to having all these different entities Come on. I love it. I love it. So Issa Rae and then another person that I'm really inspired by who also works with Issa Rae is Melina Masukas. And she is a director, cinematographer. She worked with Beyonce, Solange. And what I like about her is that she is a Black woman who goes into these male-dominated, mostly white spaces and sticks to the story and every story that she tells and the way that she tells it is so uniquely her Mm -hmm. and it's not putting black women or their identities or their stories to the back burner it's saying like I'm gonna create this story and I can do it well because I have this perspective that you don't have Mm. as a white man and I appreciate that but we all love Issa Rae you know People might call her Issa Rae, but we call her Issa Bay. But no, but listen, like you, you've all, you all, you've all made so many good points. Like I feel so inspired right now, and today's just been an inspiring day. We have like a a workshop with Wyden and Kennedy. Like you know, we got to see like these amazing black women, like these faces, like mm-hmm. and it's just amazing, it's just inspiring. Um. 
So I just want to ask you a, a question. What would you tell your 12-year-old self? Just because, like, you know, we've lived this, we've experienced this, and I'm really big on, you know, being the person you needed when you were at your lowest point. So when I was at that point where I didn't see myself on TV, I want to become that person that changes it for someone else. So I just want to ask you this quick question, like, what would you tell 12-year-old Asa, 12-year-old Nikisha, 12-year-old Jane, 12-year-old Amarachi, 12-year-old Jackie would go, so you guys have that time to think about it. But for me, I'll just tell my 12-year-old self to just keep going. You know, keep going. Don't shrink. Be that person you were meant to be. Don't let your light, don't dim your light. Don't just be bright. Just do you. Um, so that's all I'll tell my 12-year-old self. And I also tell her to like, you know, just relax, chill out. Don't eat all the cookies in the jar. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll tell my 12-year-old self. Actually, it, it, it's what I would tell my 18-year-old self, high-key, high-key, high-key. Because I think at 12 years old, even even as a young person, when I tell you I'm literally the same person I was when I was 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, just as a kid, like, I was just as curious, you know, I asked my parents, hey, can I go here and there? Like, very curious. So it's more so what I would tell my 18-year-old self, because middle school was... Yeah, and high school's a little rough, but high school that starts to lose a lot of confidence. Um, and so, Atrial Maki, I would say, sis, you know, continue to follow your dreams, um, continue to try different things like you did when you're a little younger than 18, you know, and like not to let people define you. Oh, and also not to care so much about what people say. Let me tell you this. You're preaching, Nikisha. You're preaching. When I tell you I love those those older Black women who don't give a crap, how they literally say what's on their heart and mind with no issues, I'm really like, I can't wait to be that Black woman. And I could be that earlier, sooner than later. But I would definitely say at 18, I cared so much about what people thought. Oh, my gosh. So much. Um, so, yeah, I think we can first. I just, I just wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's about it's about what you want. It's about how you define yourself. Um, that's why I would have told eight year old Makisha, Makisha, no way out of You asked them to be killing me. Um, I think what I would tell twelve year old Asa is essentially what I would tell me today, and what I tell myself every day which is what's meant for me will never miss me um mm, i just spent mm, a so lot of time especially in the past year stressing over where i wanted to be and exactly what i wanted to do and i've completely let go of all of those ideas that's something that i've been dealing with all of my life because i felt so uncomfortable where i was that i was just imagining how my life would be different if i did xyz or um just basically planning out my life way before it was happening. I was just so stuck on what I wanted to do, what I wanted to look like, how much money I wanted to have, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm starting to realize none of that matters. So that's the first thing I would tell her. The second thing is to not care at all what people think. And it doesn't matter who, don't care what your family thinks, don't care what your, your fake friends think, what your teachers think because they're liars. Um, yeah, fuck those people for real. Um, I think that that sums it up. Um, for me, I would tell myself 
to just go for it. Like, I think I spent a lot of time like talking myself out of things and not doing things or not saying things that like now I'm like, I should have just did it. I should have just said it. I should just went for it. Um, so that would definitely be one thing. And another thing I would tell myself would be to just dream bigger. Like think outside of what I feel like I could do. Cause a lot of times like in my head, I'm like, okay, I know I can do this. And I want to challenge myself to think about, okay, what is something you think you cannot do? Because that's also possible. Yes, yes, yes. And I would tell myself that don't worry, sis. It will come. When I was growing up, right, I went to private school. Everybody in that school came from generational wealth, nepotism, name it. They came from that, and I didn't come from that. But my parents said their last thing that they will do is send their kids to private school. If, if it means that they'll scrape all the money they have, they'll send their kids to private school because that's what their parents did for, for them. So they want to replicate that for us. So in that, like, obviously, I'm the only black girl, first of all, and I'm the only black girl that doesn't have shit. So I'm up in, in this school. People, you know, they try to use a, a uniform to equalize everybody, but that doesn't work. Like, people know where you come from. And so... Throughout growing up, I was always that one kid that, oh, uh, Amarchi, like, dang, is that all the clothes you have? Like, uh, like always that one kid, like, dang, Amarchi, why can't you just tell your parents to fix the car? Like, it's always something. Like, there's always something. Like, my friends used to make my fun of me. own business. Damn. Like, oh, I that would be left at school till, literally, the janitors knew me. Every single teacher knew me. I was left at school till 8 p.m. My parents would come pick me up very late. I would be the first one in the school and the first, last one to leave. And so, you know, that whole, like, I'm fitting into, like, the black kid that needs shit stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, people's moms would come to school and be like, Amarachi, do you need us, to, like, do you need us to come home with me? Like, do you need to come home with us? Like, are you hungry? Like, that kind of shit. And so I was always, like, the charity case. But coming to college, like, like my life has changed. Like, hey, my life has changed. And, you know, when you're young, you just think about what other people have and what other people, other people, other people, and you try to deflect on your own self, but you just don't know that the path is clear ahead. Like, you're, you're going to be good. Like, life can change. So I just tell myself, like, keep, keep going, bro. Don't let, don't be listening to these people. They're not your friends. Like, don't it's not about what you have and my parents always try to tell me that but when you're young bro you don't yeah can't put two and two like my mom bought all our clothes from the thrift store i used to fight this lady i was like mommy i don't want the clothes i don't want it come on you better wear that thing i bought it for a reason and that is not about who where you got it from it's about who is wearing it and how you wear it so i really i've really taken that um in my old age and I go to the thrift store on purpose these days. Like most of the clothes are from the thrift store and they yeah. keep people ask me where yeah. I get them. Find you some gems. You know what this reminds me of? Um, Janelle Monet's I like that. You know, like when you listen to it, she talks about like her life. She was like, um, I don't remember the lyrics, but she talks about like the part where, you know, she cut her hair and then she came and she said something, she was like, damn. Um, but but I just wanted to thank everyone for coming. Um, you know, this was good. This is good. Um, and all good things must come to an end. So this is the end of our podcast. 
But before we leave, I want to thank the ladies of Afternoon Agency, the Afternoon Sisters, for, you know, coming on here to share your stories. Like, this was so inspiring. I know someone's going to hear this and break down and be like, dang, I needed to hear that. So thank you guys so, so much. Thank you to the listeners for listening. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. But before we head out, would like you to read our blog. As always, read the blog at itsafternoon.com. Check out the agency's playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. And check us out next week for a new topic. Afternoon out. Afternoon out. Holistic Brands. Holistic Brands empower the connection between food and people. We deliver delicious, creative, and nutritious meals and snacks. Our food is freshly made from scratch for people who want quick, healthy meals. Most often, many experience the need to, you know, substitute or take away items to make a meal healthy or plant-based. We make our meals nutrient-dense and complete, delicious, and creative by pulling recipe ideas from experiences in the kitchen and in life. We also use our available resources to bridge the nutrition gap in food deserts in our community. As of now, Cincinnati area customers can get our meals and snacks delivered or picked up for free. Order your meals and snacks at holisticbrands.com and follow us on social media at holisticbrands, spelled W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, brands.